This is Jamie Lee Ganey, and you are about to enjoy Igosian Airwaves. Well, welcome. Welcome back to the Igosian Airwaves podcast. I am your host, Shu. I do not have my co-host, Shotgun Rider, Kai Martin with me today because we are on Zoom and we are interviewing one of Igo's favorite youth ministers. One of, I don't want to give you too much credit right off the bat, but we absolutely are huge fans of this guy. His name is Ryan Gilchrist. He is a youth minister at First Baptist Church of Stephenville, Texas, out west. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know. Are we really West? I mean, it's kind of that weird spot, right? Like people say West. Are we Central? I don't really know. Like Stephenville's kind of in a weird spot. Uh, uh, that's a good question. I know it's West from me. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's definitely West. But I guess that's that. It brings up an interesting point because we try to figure out where these places are in Texas all the time, and for whatever reason, Kai can only think of that and how far it is from Panhandle, Texas, where he grew up. So do you have any idea how far you are from Panhandle? I mean, no. I mean, it's close to Amarillo. Why would anyone go there, right? Right. I mean, (laughs) to see the origin of Kai Martin. Yeah, we will say Uh, that it's like south of of Amarillo some way. And and, and, we're probably. Yeah, we're probably six hours, five, six hours. So. Five or six hours from Amarillo. And it's probably not easy to get to Amarillo yeah, from not. there. No. And it, and it shouldn't easy. be. It shouldn't be easy no. to get to Amarillo. Why, why would you want it to be? So uh, also, like you guys had, I don't know if you're bragging about it, but you guys had the most snow a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we right? did. Like, Holy cow, yeah. Like, and that was round two because uh, oh. New Year's Eve, we had, yeah, New Year's Eve we had four inches of snow, and I didn't then know that. yeah, like a week, yeah, I guess a week ago um, we had eight inches of snow. Yeah, I saw it on Pete Delcas's map. Is like all these places, you know, two inches, one inch dusting, whatever. And then Stephenville, eight inches, and I was like, what? Yeah, no, it was it was ridiculous, and you know, I only like made a fool of myself a couple of times, you know, trying to go slow. <laughs> But uh, we didn't have ice, so that was good. But uh, yeah, no, we had eight inches and it was bananas and they canceled school one day. So everybody was excited about that. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, eight inches. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of snow for anywhere in Texas, really. So con- yeah. congrats. Oh, thanks. You congrats know. on that. Yeah. So Ryan, tell us tell us a little bit about your background. You're, I know you're at first Stephenville, like I said. How long you been there? Where'd you grow up? Um, I know you're very, have been very involved in Super Summer. So what have you done at Super Summer? Tell us a little bit about your background in ministry. All right. Um, yeah. So a uh, preacher's kid. Um, so I grew up in the church um, and uh, went to college, you know, totally prepared myself for ministry by getting a degree in music ed and then another <laughs> master's in music. So, um, so that was kind of weird. Um, and then uh, taught at Sam Houston State for three years. Um this is called Igosian Airwaves. 
and iGosian Airways sometimes has technical difficulties, just like iGosian Airways sometimes loses your luggage. And so Ryan has frozen up and we are hoping he will come back to us very, very soon. Until then, I'd like to play you some of my favorite music. Okay, we're back to iGoes and Airways. Ryan has regained connection from Stephenville. I think the connection was snowed under at one point. All right, so you were just telling us about college and you just finished talking through your degrees there. So yeah, keep going. Okay, so yeah, um, like I said, you know, just really enjoyed um, hanging out with students um, while I was with teaching at Sam. And um, so that was a really good thing. Um, and, you know, as I was involved in my own church and just some different people that were um, and mentoring me in, in a way, um, really felt like I was calling me ministry. And so went to uh, Southwestern Seminary because uh, music degrees don't prepare you for uh, music or anything but music ministry. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so went there um, and then God opened a door um, to uh, start serving in a church. And so uh, I actually went to the Houston campus when they had that. Um, and so I was able to start serving a church um, on the east side of Houston. I uh, did that and went to school and taught cello lessons, you know, just to pay the bills. And um, so I did that for about five and a half years. And then um, during that time, I met my wife, who was also involved in ministry and um, in another church. And um, and then we eventually got married. And then we in 2016, we got married. And then in 2017, we moved up here. And so we've been up at first even Mills since February 2017. So almost four years. Almost four years. Um, almost so did you do and, uh, did you do undergrad at sam houston i did so bearcat I did undergrad bearcat for life bearcat. yeah i did undergrad at sam i did masters at sam and then i taught there so um i know i know the walls unit well from the outside <laughs> from the outside's better for sure yeah yeah from the outside so but yeah uh yeah you know and just kind of even my journey in, in ministry um like i said i did i did vocational ministry for five years and um you know that's it's hard um you know i thought you know the goal was yeah let me do this full time so that's all i can focus on but or need to focus on or able to focus on yeah. and you know but doing trying to do both i mean it's hard so you know massive respect for those that have done it for years and years and years uh, because it's hard i mean you know you take vacation off from one one job so that you can do ministry you know especially in youth ministry to go to camps and mission trips um you know and so you're you're constantly giving from one to take from the other and so um it's hard but you know i think i think that's if god's called you to ministry i mean you do what you have to to to, to make it work and he's going to take care of it but um yeah so yeah well, even while i was a, a, at that church you know we we went full i went full force on it and uh, you know that was a church that was an interesting experience because it was a church that um didn't have a lot of structure as far as youth ministry. I walked in the first week I had two students and it was the pastor's grandson and the secretary's grandson. And so, um, you know, and, and over that time, you know, God did, God did some crazy things. I mean, we saw lots of kids get saved. And, um, when we left, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was rolling pretty good. And so, um, you know, it was, it was exciting, but, you know, got them, got them involved. That was how I got involved in super summer, um, was during that time. Um, I never went as a student, um, we always did like associational camps and things like that. Um, but I went as a team leader one year 
and then um, got involved in exec staff and was an assistant dean in yellow school with with trey fleming oh wow uh one year yeah and uh then the next year i was a dean at mary harden baylor for green school and did that for a couple of years and then i've done what else have i done i was a teaching staff partner um mm -hmm. in 2019 uh out at uh simmons so we were there together uh, yeah so I've done yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 we were. Because I remember us having a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I came in uh, and recruited, and we and we ran. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I see you everywhere. But uh, yeah, you know, I get around. What can I, say? <laughs> no, I really don't. I really don't at all. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, you know, so it's been fun. You know, just kind of getting involved in youth ministry. I mean, Super Summer, and um, you know, hopefully that gets rolling again. And hmm. uh, you know, Super Summer has been a huge asset. Um, you know we've seen lots of students that go to super summer come back completely changed um, and ready then you know and then that's parlayed over into uh you know missions and and sure. you know we've had lots of students from our church here uh getting involved in igo and um you know whether it's short term or the full summer trips so it's been good yeah and you you know, because I've been involved with Super Summer that I love it, but that's where it all started for me. As a student, God, I ended up at Super Summer because my youth minister made me and uh, yeah, it changed everything. Like saw the whole world differently after that. So it was cool. So there's a couple of things I want to, that you just said that I'd, I'd kind of like to double click on. Right. One, you said uh, bivocational ministry is hard and I think we could take off bivocational um, oh, yeah. and say ministry is hard. Cause I mean, you talk to so many young guys, young, young ladies that are like, Oh, ministry looks so fun and it looks so cool. And I want to do that. And all those things are true, but man, is it hard. And, you know, just that reality that I think people need to hear, but, but like maybe talk about that and, and also talk about that journey. So some people say, man, I, at an early age, I was called to youth ministry. It sounds more like for you, it's like, well, that's that's the door that God kind of opened. And I started getting involved. And now, like, is that how you ended up being a youth minister full time? Like, what, what was that journey for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just on that kind of the journey, um, like I said, you know, when I was teaching at Sam, um, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed, um, well, let me back up. You know, I started, I went to school, you know, music ed was the focus. So you know, I kind of had that, that sense of calling, um, early, earlier in high school and, and, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. And so, um, you know, as I started getting involved in music, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to go be a public school teacher, teach orchestra. Um, and God's going to use that in some way. Um, you know, cause I think, you know, I, mean, I think we both agree. Everybody's called, all, all believers are called to ministry. Um, it's just, you know, how are you getting, you know, is the church your paycheck and, right. you know, are you, you know, making tents and, and doing ministry in other ways. And so that was kind of how I thought things were going to go. Um, and then, you know, started teaching cello lessons and going and hanging out with junior high and high school students, um, you know, during, during the week, you know, mm -hmm. as I'm teaching cello lessons and what I figured out um, during that time. And then while I was in ministry or uh, teaching at the Sam or Sam Houston was, you know, I just enjoyed being around students and, and talking to them and being available to them and, and just having conversations um, especially at the college, you know, there were, you know, most of them were freshmen. And so they, they're just looking for somebody to talk to. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd have students come into my office and ask a question about something in class, but then sit and want to talk about 
roommate problems or, you know, this or that or the other, you know, um, and just, and so I just really kind of saw that as like, okay, like there's something going on here. Um, and like I said, you know, had, had lots of conversations with my parents. I had conversations with different people at our church and, you know, people that have kind of invested in me over the years. And, um, yeah. And so when I kind of had that, that sense of calling, you know, it was never, I, I'll be honest, like I've never had that sense of this is exactly what I'm called to do. Like, I think there are some people that have that sure. sense early on of I am called to be a pastor or I'm called to be, you know, this. And, you know, I've just always had that feeling of, you know, God's called me to ministry hmm. and whatever that ministry looks like in seasons is what that, that's, that's the ministry God's called me to at that moment. Um, and so, you know, so I don't ever want to, um, close, close doors because this is, this is it, you know, this is the only thing that I can do. Um, and so, yeah, uh, while I was, I was going to seminary, you know, it was one of those things of like, I don't know, I don't know, you know, how to break down scripture in the way that I need to. And so, uh, that's where seminary was a huge, huge, um, help for me, just equipping me, um, giving me the tools or at least being able to point me in the right direction yeah. to find the answers. And so, um, yeah, so that was kind of that thing, just really being open to God and um, his leadership and um, never turning down opportunities um, was huge. And so, yeah, it was a small church and um, it was a struggle, but man, like God used that season to prepare me for, for this new season. And so, um, but yeah, it was, it's like you said, yeah, ministry's hard. It's not easy. I think a lot of people, um, I think we think it's just going to be, you know, especially in youth ministry, dodgeball and pizza parties. And it's so much more than that. You know, um, if you're doing it right, you know, your hands get You're investing in people. And people are hard to deal with sometimes and yeah. they bring their junk to, uh, to life. So, you know, and that's our, our job is to walk with them. So, yeah, if you're, if you're doing it right, it gets really messy. It's really good for sure. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's, there's some joy that people don't even understand sometimes, but it's, it's just difficult, but at least, at least this last year, it got easy for once. So we had a worldwide pandemic. (laughs) I guess it got maybe only maybe an Igoja got easy, but shoot, man. It was our easiest year ever in Igoja with no tourists at all. Um, But, but sad. So, Man, I, I've talked to a lot of guys and it, this pandemic's been crazy for everyone. No doubt about that. And it doesn't matter what walk of life it, it's been, a, a, there's, it's had an effect somewhere, but in youth ministry specifically, it's been such a challenge. So man, talk to us about youth ministry for you in a pandemic in a way that would encourage somebody who struggled and maybe give maybe the highlights and the lowlights, like and this was the biggest challenge we faced during this pandemic and what we did about it, or it's okay to say, man, we didn't, we didn't even over, overcome it. And then what are, what are some highlights? We know God's done some amazing things, even through the pandemic. So what are some highlights that you guys have seen? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is seminary didn't prepare, doesn't prepare you to do ministry in pandemics. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think for us, one of the keys was, you know, cause we were, we were at Launchbox last year. Uh, and I actually had to leave early yeah. to go to school in Carolina. I left on, I think Wednesday and, uh, at lunchtime and 
I was in North Carolina. The students are coming back, like, and the world's catching on fire. And I'm in like airports in Nashville, like trying to call parents and, and relay information and stuff. But um, it was so bizarre. And so I, you know, and the thing for us was, okay, like this is where we're at. Now, what do we do? Um, and just trying to make decisions quick. Um, but I think what was key for us was, um, and this I've, I've told several people this was um, coming towards the end of twenty, what year is this? Twenty nineteen. Um, you know, I just really felt like God was really pushing us to just kind of this idea of refocusing, hmm. and you know, remembering our why and remembering as a ministry, you know, what are we about? And, um, and, you know, and that's for us, it's, you know, we keep that, that being a disciple maker, making disciples and being a disciple maker is as a forefront and all that we do. And, um, you know, and so, so I, I started my first Wednesday, our first Wednesday night together in 2019 or 2020 was the study called refocus. And I don't even remember what I talked about, but I just remember that was, that was the idea. And it was, you know, getting back to our why, why do we exist? Why are we here? And if we're not doing that, then we're doing something wrong. And so, um, you know, and, and, and really thinking about, okay, and this is, I mean, this was all pre-COVID, so this is crazy, but, you know, what is the least, you know, if, if everything gets taken away, you know, if, if our budget gets taken away, if we're not able to have, you know, speakers and bands come in for D now, like, what does our ministry still look like? And, and so then when the world caught on fire with COVID, it was like, oh, okay, this is what we, this is what like mentally I've been like preparing for. So you know, and like I said, you know, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I, I was just making it up as I go. Um, but you know what, I think for us, it was, how do we continue equipping students um, to grow spiritually? How do we continue equipping students to share the gospel um, even when they're quarantined at home? Um, and so, you know, a lot of what we did um, was really just trying to stay connected um, as much as we could. Um, which got really difficult. It was awesome right at the beginning, um, but it got kind of difficult towards the end just because I think screen fatigue set in for everybody. Right. You know, when like with Zoom, it was great. Like everybody wanted to be on Zoom the first three weeks. <laughs> yeah. And everybody wanted to watch church the first three weeks and watch midweek the first three weeks. But then it was like, when you're doing that all day for school, then you're turning around doing it mm-hmm. for church. It's you're, you're going I'm tired. My eyes hurt. Like I'm tired of looking at a screen yeah. that doesn't interact with me back. And so that was a struggle that we had. Um, and so one, so some of the things that we did, um, I mean, as silly as it sounds, you know, we, I went and bought, I don't even know how many, like 70 boxes of peeps one day and, uh, at Walmart, like rated the <laughs> round, rated the, rated the, the candy section. And, uh, we drove around town and we made little and we went around and drove drove around town and just delivered them to students, um, you know, just kind of hoping. Even though we we probably broke some rules because we probably weren't supposed to be out driving, but uh, you know, we just wanted to make those connections and let them know that we still cared. You know, we sent stickers in the mail to them, you know, just let them know that we're still thinking about them. Yeah. Um, and that that I think was helpful, you know, because they were feeling isolated from each other. Right. They were feeling isolated from from the church also, and so just letting them know that hey, you know, somebody's thinking about you, somebody cares. Um, was huge and you know and that's something that we've continued you know is to just try to have that that continual connection um you know we we tried to transition as much as we could um, and try to keep things pretty normal um so we we immediately started doing our midweek stuff um online we streamed it onto our facebook page um, and then we would have uh small groups 
afterwards on Zoom. And so I'd have some adult volunteers uh, that, you know, they'd show up and we'd set up breakout rooms and they'd lead small group discussions based on what I taught on Wednesday nights. And so, um, you know, cause that's what we, that's what we, that's part of our regular Wednesday sure. night rhythm, you know, as we worship, we do teaching and then we do small group, you know, follow-ups. And so, Hey, let's just keep that. And, you know, we had varying success with numbers. Um, but what was really cool was that we had a solid group of students that were there almost every week. Mm. Uh, and so that was exciting to see. Um, and then by the end of, and we continued that into the summer. Um, and then, you know, some of those, by the, by the time summer kind of hit, we started having people, we kind of transitioned a little bit just to kind of keep it fresh. They became, went midweek became fireside chats in my backyard and I'd yeah. set up a fire pit that. and, you know, pretty, yeah, pretty soon, like we'd have students showing up in our backyard spaced out, but, you know, mm -hmm. just because they just wanted to be around each other. And so, um, like I said, you know, connections were huge. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things we did, we did a lot of, we did a lot of Kahoot games you know, just trying to connect and give out prizes. Um, and then that gave us an excuse to go make deliveries. And um, we did a, we did a scavenger hunt one day uh, through a, an app called Goose Chase. And we just set up all these challenges and they would take pictures and send them to us. And um, so now I have some blackmail material when they graduate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, That's cool. so it was, it was just kind of those kind of things of like, how do we, how do we take what we might normally do in person, you know, adapt it. Um, and I think that's one of the keys in ministry. I mean, whether it's youth ministry, adult ministry, or pastor, I mean, I think it's, it's thinking, um, agility, thinking about agility, you know, and, and being able to, to make a quick transition when necessary. Um, and I think too many times, sometimes I think we, we stop and we want to talk and we want to talk and we want to talk. And sometimes like, we just got to think, okay, this is what we have. And this is what we, this is the hand we've been dealt. And so how do we adjust on the fly real quick? And so, um, you know, I was thankful that our team of volunteers were, were definitely able to do that and able to get with that, um, you know, and we were still able to uh, keep students engaged for the most part. Um, i trying to think, sorry, I'm trying to think yeah, like what great. else we did. Um, I mean, that's, oh yeah. yeah, go for it. That's such a big part of it is you, you keep talking about connection. And that was like simultaneously the biggest challenge. And, and I've seen so many people, you know, we figured this out. We figured this out. We got them to connect this way and it kept things going. It kept things moving yeah. forward. And that's, that's a big part of it. What, what's the other thing you're going to yeah. say? Oh yeah. Um, we also, we also used, um, we also tried to redeem the time and encourage the students to redeem the time. Um, and so we set up uh, different Bible reading plans. Hmm. Um, and we'd post them on our, on our social media pages and send it out. Um, but then what we did was we would have, we'd ask different students every day, to do like a, you know, 60 second to 90 second, like short overview Devo type video, send it to us and then we'd post it. And so we had the students and some of our volunteers and leaders too, but mainly it was students leading the students, you know, as they're reading through, I think we read through all of John's letters. Um, well, first, second, third John, not Revelation. Um, but, you know. Um, Did y'all do judges? We, yeah, yeah. That's what, that was our stuff. Yeah. So that, that got bananas. Right. But um, yeah. So what we did on that, that was in the summer. Uh, so we do, we call them challenge groups and they're basically our, our discipleship home group type things that we do on Sunday nights during the school year. Um, and so uh, during the quarantine, we had quarantine challenge groups. So those met on, I think Thursday nights. Um, and we just did those on zoom. But uh, yeah, we, so we, once the summer hit, we, we decided to kind of transition that 
you know, things were a little bit more. So we called the challenge, summer challenge road trip. And so every week we went to a different family and or a different home and we would break up and we'd have, we'd talk through the book of judges. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, definitely probably exposed some people to <laughs> parts of the Bible. They may have been children's Sunday school, especially when you get to the end. Oh, so yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was fun, you know, and that was the thing, you know, it's just trying to get, you know, get students to talk about scripture. Um, you know, it's one thing for us to teach it. Um, but if they can't talk about what they're hearing and what they're reading, they may not have gotten it. And so, you know, we've tried to put a lot of emphasis on, Hey, here it is. Now let's walk through it together mm -hmm. and let's, let's talk about, talk about what you're, how, what, how you're seeing it, but, and let's talk about what God really means in it and how it applies to us. I, I remember seeing that. And I, I know so many of your kids faces. I don't know their names. I could start naming names and I'd leave somebody out. So I won't do that. But like, I remember seeing some of them on Instagram and stuff and they were talking about judges, unpacking judges for, you know, their youth group. And I thought, man, that is great. And boy, that is bold <laughs> because judges is so wild, but that was really cool. And I, yeah. I love seeing it. Yeah. Very, very. I know cool. it was awesome. And I, and like, I would ask students to, to like do the video for that day. And then they text me and be like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do you say about a guy's belly fat absorbing a sword? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. It's right yeah. there. It's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Good thing he was left-handed. <laughs> right, right. So crazy. See? Yeah, that's awesome. But no, that's yeah, you know, and that was the thing. You know, it was it was how do we redeem the time? You know, because they very easily could have slipped into. I don't have anything else to do, so I'm just going to play video games all day. And maybe they did that, but you know, we at least wanted to equip them and give them resources and tools um, to begin to to continue their spiritual growth um, and develop those kind of personal rhythms. Um, so that when things kind of went back to whatever now is, I guess, is our new normal. Yeah. Um, they've kind of got some of those rhythms, daily rhythms instilled. So. Yeah. A while back, I read a book and I don't remember the name of it. Something about the power of moments. Um, it's just talking about how if you, you create moments that are memorable and then they become mm -hmm. foundational for, and it just sounds like there was several different things you did. Yeah. that created these moments like th these those kids will always remember having to talk through judges and as crazy <laughs> as that is they'll remember those things and it's these moments that get us through these kinds of things and then then all of a sudden when we look back it's like yeah it was hard but remember that which is really cool and i wish as you were talking i was like man i wish i'd have been hanging out with you in january and february when you were talking about what if everything was taken away what's essential because i think i did two events I spoke at two events back then and both of them, the theme was 2020 vision and that didn't help at all. <laughs> nope, nope. The 2020 Not vision ended so quick. Um, yeah. So I heard you talk about super summer and, and I know you're involved, so you know, super summer, we love it because it's so focused on discipleship and leadership and know and share the gospel and all that kind of stuff. And you, you've been very involved in lots of different ways with IGO. And you know that at IGO, we're, we're trying to help kids live on mission. But what that, what that specifically looks like for us is like, we want kids to be able to own their faith, live out their faith and share their faith. And, and I'm not crazy enough to think that that's our idea. Like that's every youth ministry's idea. You want to send them off 
and their faith is their own. They know how to live it and they know how to share it. And so what, what are the, some of the things that you do to help your students prepare for that next thing with that in mind? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think one, one of the keys that we do um, just about every semester is we'll take a Wednesday night um, and, and we just focus on evangelism training. Hmm. Um, and, and so we, we really, our students have really, uh, connected with the three circles. And yeah. so we'll take a Wednesday night and I'll walk them through the three circles. I'll teach it. Um, but then we'll in turn, you know, let the students work together in groups and share the gospel with each other. Um, and we challenge them I and mean, we have, we've made stickers and different things too, but, you know, I think a lot of times we underestimate the power of students and what students are capable of. And I think, you know, by, by equipping them, you know, you're not your church, you are the church of, you know, and giving them the tools to go out and make Jesus known um, in their mission field, which in their season of life, you know, that's the hallways of their school and the buses on with their basketball team. And, right. um, you know, and, and, and so we really put a, a, a challenge on them um, to put feet to action or put their feet to action, you know, not just learn about what the gospel is, but to actually go and share it. Um, you know, this, like, for example, I mean, this year, uh, we've kind of set a, a goal. Um, we took our area code, which is 254. And so we've set a goal of having 254 gospel conversations hmm. um, over the school year. And, you know, if we hit it, I mean, that's awesome. But, you know, I'm looking at the number, we have these like four foot tall numbers when we have little cards where when they talk to somebody, they just put the person's name up and we tape it up there. And um, like, I can see it where I'm at. And, you know, we may not get all 254 conversations, um, but we're getting some. And, yeah. you know, I, I think God definitely rewards, you know, moving in the right direction. Um, so anyway, all that being said, um, yeah, so we, we definitely put an onus on, on them knowing the gospel. Um, and, and through that, you know, it's hard. We, we tell them like, it's hard for you to, or you can't give away something you don't have. And so that has also become a catalyst, you know, to have conversations with students in our own four walls. And so, um, so yeah, so we do that. We put it, do put a huge emphasis on, on the gospel, um, and knowing it and sharing it. Um, then we also, um, you know, I'm definitely a fan of expository teaching. And, and so we try to just, you know, like we just started, uh, you know, you said we judges got weird <laughs> last night. We start, you know, Wednesday night, we're going through a series at, through first and second Kings. So, nice. you know, yeah. So, you know, that was a great way to start our semester back. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and just really kind of helping the students see scripture, walk through scripture and know how to read it on their own and to study it and to understand it. Um, and so coupled with that, you know, we also, um, as a church, you know, that's one of the things I love about our church is just the emphasis on discipleship. And so we put a, um, we do a big push, you know, to have people meeting outside of, you know, our regular times mm -hmm. together. Um, so I have students, you know, high school girls, high school guys that meet with, you know, some college students, uh, one-on-one -on -one, once a week. Um, you know, we meet with, you know, a lot of our volunteers meet with students. Um, you know, we also, like I said, we do these challenge groups, which are just home small groups, uh, you know, and, and so at all different levels, we're, we're trying to um, push students to just continue to grow 
And, you know, and, and we tell them like the goal for discipleship is not just that you get smarter um, and gain knowledge, but that you're able to in turn invest in somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, Cause unless your disciples making a disciple, discipleship's not complete. And so um, anyway, so yeah, so the goal is that by the time um, they get out of youth ministry, you know, they're ready to go and share the gospel and make disciples. And um, yeah. And, and, you know, and we also do, you know, through our regular, we do a lot of the normal youth, you know, youth ministry things. I mean, we do the D nows and um, we do camp, you know, we do super summer. We do, and what's probably been the most beneficial is just looking for mission opportunities. Um, you know, like Launchbox, uh, we've done some uh, out of Texas, you know, stateside trips. We've done some international trips. Um, and then even yeah. just local, you know, like with hometown um, this past summer. Right. So. What you, I'm assuming you guys are probably a somewhat traditional model church, like first Baptist churches usually are. Yeah. yeah. And in that context, you're using that. And then you're pushing kids to community. You're pushing kids to small groups. You're pushing kids to doing life with each other, which I love. But like, what I really loved is like, you just focused on the basics, the essentials. Like these yeah. kids need to know how to read and study their Bible. They need to know how to articulate their faith, share it with somebody else. That's just, that's what it's all about. Sometimes we, we in youth ministry, especially if we've been doing this too long, um, we try to trick it up and we try to trick it up, but yeah. it's all about those foundational things that will set them up for a life of this is the norm. This is what normal Christianity looks like. I, I, I read my Bible. I study it. I, I figure it out and I talk about it in community. And then we, we go live that out and share it make disciples. I love it. Love it. Is it, I mean, you know, and it's like, I had a conversation with somebody, um, Sunday, in fact, and, uh, they said, you know, sometimes we just overcomplicate things. Mm. Like I was, we were taking out of, uh, uh, first John five, you know, and, you know, it's like, you know, it's not that hard, you know, it's such a simple, in so many ways, it's a simple concept, you know, but we, have this innate ability to make things way more difficult than they are yeah, for sure you know and i mean i think of like even in youth ministry, even in youth ministry i mean you know you know we get i think sometimes we get caught up in the in the lights and in the the, the technology and the features and i think those are awesome mm -hmm. and you know but you know i don't know when an led wall or you know a light bar or whatever help the kid come into christ so you know if we're not able to do the basics you know what's the point of the other stuff i'm on board with everything you said because you didn't include smoke machine because without a smoke machine i don't think discipleship That's happens right. <laughs> oh gotta have the smoke gotta have the haze yes for sure for sure all right so i said at the beginning you're one of our favorites uh because we get to interact with you all the time specifically through this thing called launchbox and our audience probably knows something about launchbox and how weird of a name it is for what it really is a week of serving people that really need to hear the gospel that are right here and Fort Worth, San Antonio, wherever we are. And your wife, your amazing wife actually joined our staff to help be the administrative czar of Launchbox. And uh, when I say joined our staff, just so everybody knows, she, she, She's not getting paid to do this. She loves Launchbox this much that she's willing to do it just for her eternal rewards, which I'm sure they are piling up. But um, 
married to me, so probably. <laughs> yeah, you'll get to visit her every now and then in heaven. You get passes <laughs> to go to that level. But um, so you've been, I don't, I don't even know how many times you've been multiple years to Launchbox. Why yeah. is that now like, why is that a part of your normal this is on our calendar. This is a part of our youth ministry plan strategy. Why is Launchbox a part of what y'all do every year? Yeah, um, we've done it three years. So okay. the first year uh, was when we did it in the summer. We were at Hewland. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, then we've done the last two spring breaks. Um, yeah, no, I, one, our students love it. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of one of those weird things the first time we went. There, I mean, it's anytime you introduce something new, you know, yeah. there's apprehension of like, I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, but once that group came back and had a great experience, like they sold it to the rest of our ministry. And, uh, and so right. now our students, like even last night, they're going, are we going to Launchbox? Are we doing Launchbox? And I'm like, yeah. You know, so um, yeah, that's just kind of one of our regular, like, this is what we're going to do. Um, there's a, there's a level of expectation. Now they still want to call it lunchbox, but whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, and I think, I think what I like about lunchbox and, and like I said, you know, um, my experience with Igo before lunchbox, I mean, I knew, I heard the, the spiel at super summer, yeah. you know, Hey, you know, super summer global. And, um, you know, we, yeah, that was 2018. Um, or, uh, you know, and we, and so we had some students, you know, even when we moved up here that had done, um, you know, some of the, some of the I go trips through super summer global. And so, um, so I had kind of, I didn't have a lot of connection to, to I go, um, until we did that first launch box. And, you know, it was, I think what I enjoy about it is that it's all of the elements of a mission trip going internationally, especially in Fort Worth, right. you know, as we, we work with the international refugees there you know, you get all of these elements of, of an international mission trip. Um, there's training and, you know, of this is what the gospel is. This is how you share the gospel. Um, there's these, these cultural experiences of, you know, going to, to different faiths, uh, worship places. Um, yeah. you know, you get the food, you know, you get, there's some exposure to some interesting foods, uh, you know, that that's not on your normal palate, but you get all of these elements and it's, an hour and a half away for, for us. Yeah. Um, it's just on the road, which, you know, is a mind blowing thing. Um, even to talk about it to people in our church, you go, Hey, yeah, we're going to go and we're going to serve international refugees for a week. And they're going, wait, what, <laughs> you know, it's just that it's such a dis there's such a disconnect between reality and our perception of, of hmm. refugees and, and, well, and even understanding what a refugee is. Right. Um, so, you know, so, yeah, so that, I mean, we, I love it just because of that, um, you know, I'm able to get students who may not have been able to go on a mission trip, um, whether in, out of, out of Texas or in an international trip, um, I'm able to get them to go to Launchbox because mom and dad say, oh, it's only an hour and away. That's safe. Yeah. Um, you know, and it totally is. Uh, but there's that comfort level of, for, for mom and dad, um, and like I said, you know, the training we've had, like I said, we've had students that have done the international trips right. with y'all um, and that have gone to Launchbox and they love Launchbox just as much as they love their international trip. Um, and even though they've gone, you know, th through, through some of the experiences, 
uh, of base camp right. and some of the, and it's the same training that you get at lunchbox. Um, they still, they still enjoy it and they, they thrive with it. Um, you know, uh, 20, 2019, we took a group to Alaska yeah. um, and served in Anchorage for a week. And one of the things we did was park ministry and it was really cool. So we took a group of, I think there were eight students, uh, eight high school students. We had some college students and then we had a, a handful of adults that went. And uh, so we're out in the parks and like, as soon as our students walked out or got out of the vans, saw what we were walking into. And it was just a bunch of kids playing at a park and we were going to do, you know, BBS type things. The kids that had gone to Launchbox, I mean, they just went and they, they ran with it. Hmm. And they like, it was crazy to watch the adults just kind of step back because they're going, uh, what do we what do? do? We There's do? no structure. But our students, because of their experience, hmm. knew this is what you do. You go and you just spend some time with these kids and you look for opportunities to ask them about Jesus. And so, so it was cool. Um, and so that's what I think that's kind of been the win um, for us is just seeing that that's as, you know, not as not no pun intended, but as a launching point um, for some of our students, um, you know, to just take those next steps in, in missions and in evangelism. Um, you know, I, I'm like thinking of names of students right now of just, they went to Launchbox and then they came back and it had a radical um, change on them in the sense of, they've gone now looking for more opportunities because they got a taste of missions yeah. that they may not have normally had. And then it took, they took hold of them. And so, um, yeah, we love it. That's cool. And no pun intended. Cause that's like, we try to explain that stupid name all the time, but that's it. Like, come here, we'll get, we'll train you. You'll do cool, great work, but then it's going to launch you hopefully. So that's, that's awesome. So not everybody comes to launch box because, well, some are just uninformed and some don't know why they should. So, so, so many people are missing out. You got friends in youth ministry. If you were talking to somebody and they're listening right now, let's just pretend that somebody's listening and One person. yeah. Um, and that, why, why would, why would you tell a youth minister they, they need to consider coming to, to Launchbox, bringing a group, bringing a small group, like you said, a, a group that will come back and tell everybody why they need to do it. Why would, why would somebody need to do this? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if we're really about making disciples and making Jesus known, um, it's got to start in our backyard and Launchbox gives you the tools um, and the training and experiences to to learn that but then to take it home and and to apply it um you know because you know i think sometimes we get so focused on international missions you know that we forget about the missions the mission field that we walk through daily yeah. you know and i love international missions um yeah. but you know it's i think all. yeah it's all right we we, we got to think about our jerusalem um and so, yeah, and I think that's, you know, we, like I said, that's, that's what Launchbox is. And that's what Launchbox, I think, can have a radical transformation on a youth ministry, um, you know, just in their heart for their peers. So. And if they come to Launchbox, there's a really good chance they'll get to hang out with you for a week. Yeah. There's an even better chance that Amanda will handle all the logistics and get them well prepared. So yeah. it's a win, win, win. Yeah. And that is one of the, one of the, you know, as, as the leader, I mean, you know, that like minute group leader, I mean, that's, that is one of the huge things is, you know, 
you don't other than organizing your students and getting them there you know you guys handle the work i mean to handle the the, the logistics of who's going to go serve where yeah. uh, you guys handle the logistics of feeding us so that's great uh, and get the work you get worship experiences in the evening um so that's you know it's it's a win for the students but also a win for the youth minister because they get to go and they get, you get to serve alongside your students um rather than having to you know yeah there are some of those like supervise you know uh sponsor adult sponsor type things that you have to worry about but um you get to serve alongside them it's not just a administrative i'm watching them you know from the side um you know i'm i'm out at the at the apartments you know playing soccer with kids and uh you know drawing drawing on the on the tennis courts with sidewalk chalk yeah. just as much as they are you know um and that's 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 a fun thing too you know yeah i love that you said that because that's all, one of our goals we want you to be able to just focus on your group lead serve alongside them it's a big part of why we do it so thanks for saying yeah. that for sure i didn't even ask you to say that so that's a good thing i know You're <laughs> all right so there's there's probably way more we could talk about with youth ministry and launch box and everything. We probably need to save some of it for when we have Amanda on and do this, do this in person. So I want to switch gears. In fact, I think there's probably a sound that just played. And when I may say that, I mean, I, that I'll edit in later. That reminds me that we need to, we need to open up a segment on our podcast that we like to call rapid fire. Ooh. yeah and so this is where i'm just going to ask you questions and you just give me the first answer that seems right to you um these are all going to be focused on the book of judges today sponsored by no i'm just joking they won't be hey. at all hey. so rapid fire questions a variety of topics all over the board just to get to know ryan and how he sees the world a little bit better so number one what is the best super summer school color? Green. Green. Why? Green. Because that's where I've been a dean. Yeah. And you can do so much fun. I mean, we had Nacho Verde. We had Elf. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. Green. Nacho Verde. I love that. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, very good. What's the best super summer campus or session? Ooh, uh, Mary Harden Baylor. Mary Harden Baylor. That's where you started, right, with Trey? Actually, well, no, I actually started at HBU back when oh. they had the Houston one a few years ago. And then, yeah, you said that Houston. Uh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. everybody forgets about Houston if we're honest, but yeah. <laughs> For when they're hitting trash cans. <laughs> you went there. I didn't. Um, I, know. I know. All right. So green school at Mary Harden Baylor is yeah. the perfect storm. Yep, it is. All right, so you've been around Igo enough to have an opinion on this. What's your favorite Igo mascot? Narwhal. <laughs> you couldn't have said that and ever faced Hannah again, right? Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, that is. You no, know, that was that was all Hannah, Hannah Wees and formerly Maybury, and uh, yeah. I'm also glad that you was... said her new last name because I never get that right. Um, yeah, it's still Hannah Maybury in my phone. Yeah, so. my my phone too. We, we love you, Hannah, whatever your name is. Um, okay, so Narwhal's your favorite mascot. I kind of expected that. If if you could have one of the Igo mascots as a pet, which one would you have? 
Oh man. Uh. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The buffalo is the last one, the first one I interacted with. That'd be a cool pet. But only if it's a baby one, because everybody's got a. <laughs> and then it's got to be a water buffalo, not just a generic <laughs> buffalo. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Everybody has a water buffalo. I've heard this. <laughs> Um, what's the, what's your favorite thing about the mayor of Igosia? It's just so classy and classy, you know, he just, he walks through and you just feel the presence and you can't help but cheer for him. It's just, you know, where's the lie in all this? I do not see it. (laughs) Well, it it is true, you know, except for the, 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 the one time there was the poser, the imposter mayor, that was not that guy's trouble. I, yeah. I've known this about him a long time, and he is trouble. <laughs> so true. Uh, what's your favorite sports team? Astros. The Disastros. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Toronto Astros as they're becoming. I, but, I saw yeah. that. Springer went there. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up south of Houston. Did you know? I grew up in. How did I not know this? I grew up in Angleton. Like, Oh, wow. Home of the Wildcats, purple and white, fight, fight, fight. And I grew up a huge Astros fan, like Nolan Ryan days, Enos Cabell <laughs> days, uh, Jose Cruz days. I don't, you, right. you're, you're so young. I mean, you remember the Astrodome, man. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the only place I, I'd ever right. went to an Astros game until a couple years ago. But once I once I found Dallas and moved to Dallas, I switched to the Rangers. But I still have somewhat of a a heart for the Astros and whatever they're doing. Yeah, they got a ring. I mean, they got a ring. The Rangers don't. So we, we, let's just move on. <laughs> let's move on. That was too soon still for all the Rangers fans. Um, if that's your favorite sports team, who's your favorite athlete of all time? All time, Ooh. man. Um, gosh, growing up, I would have said like he was a pitcher for the Astros. His name was Mike Scott. Oh, I love Mike. I don't Scott. know why. Yeah, yeah. He threw no hitter in '86 to clinch the pennant. And '86 was a uh, rough year, though. That was such a like they clinched the pennant and they should have beat the Mets and then they would have won the World Series. But like, yeah. Oh, that, that '86. Yeah, that series against the Mets. I, I cried. I cried some big tears during that series. But Mike Scott, yeah, he could do the. He, he could throw that splitter, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then after he retired, you know, Jeff Bagwell was kind of my dude in baseball. The killer bees. Yep. Yeah, I liked Biggio. Bagwell's cool too. Um. Okay. Here's here's an interesting one. What? What's your favorite personality? I think they call them rainbow personalities at Super Summer. That's not one of the preachers or a worship leader. All right. So we're talking about drama, magicians, you know, what when they used to do that at Super Summer. Favorite one. Uh, trying to think. I don't have I ever seen one. Did they do that before you you really got involved? And they stopped? Yeah, I don't mm. think yeah sorry we'll just say tommy tombs and move on then there you go yeah jeff holloway he's the godfather of super summer (laughs) jeff holloway yeah he's probably done something at a uh, baloney banquet after party that would qualify so (laughs) 
Wait, do are we allowed to talk about this? I don't think so. Like, the students it. still don't even know it happens. Um, do you currently have a mailbox in front of your house? Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, it took a few weeks, but yes, we do have a mailbox again. Good. I was, was, was going to bring shame if you didn't have one yet. No, yeah, we have one. Uh, the other, the first one reduced to atoms. And, that was uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Imagine my thoughts at 2.30 if the police are knocking on my door. My first thought was, oh, no, a student has run away from home. Yeah. But then it was, oh, nope, it's the police. And they were like, there was a small incident in front of your house. <laughs> yeah, well, my mailbox is in my neighbor's bush and their mailbox is sitting in their driveway. So, wow. Yeah, that was a rough night. That was a rough night. And it was, there's, you, you probably got like a, a normal replacement. You didn't get like the big bass mailbox or anything nah, like that. No, nah, it's just, they just normal mailbox inside a brick thing. Okay. You know, so. that's, that's probably better. Um, what, you would think. What's your go to order at Whataburger? Uh, honey barbecue, chicken strip sandwich, mm. junior size. That's, that, you cannot go wrong with that. That's for sure. What is the craziest instrument that you think you could lead worship with? Like me personally? Yeah, you, 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 you've taught cello, right? Yeah. You played that. I mean, that would be a weird, yeah, that would be a weird one to lead from. Um, you should probably maybe do it at Launchbox one time. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got a good band for the, for the Launchbox. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That Speaking of the band, like our students love that band. Oh, um, they're yeah refugee news. you know Great. we bring them to our church every year and they lead worship at oh, really? our church so you should do that if you can talk somebody into that over there that's pretty cool That'd be really that service goes uh, really long though i bet i bet <laughs> i mean some of the launch box services yes. go long though. yes uh yeah craziest instrument i think like a kazoo Ooh, back to tommy tombs reference yeah you could lead with but, a like, kazoo you can't like you can't yeah, I mean, it's like, and you can't say words, like, you just, yeah. How many instruments can you play? Uh, cello, guitar, that's about it. Nah, I don't believe you. Oh, really, that's you it. Wanna, you, you could lead in a whole orchestra, though, but you yeah. play cello, yeah, I mean, it, Okay. I mean, I could land an airplane. I have a degree in conducting, so. <laughs> you can't play the uh, hammer dulcimer? Man, that would be, I mean, you're already cool, oh. but that would be next level, for sure. Rich Mullins. All right. Well, you survived that pretty well. Probably because the mayor wasn't here to ask you anything Probably. ridiculous. But man, Ryan, uh, thanks. Thanks for carving out some time and sitting on here with us and sharing some of your insights, your experience, your wisdom, all that. Thanks for being a part of the Igo family. Bro is good. Uh, I know this will help people, the, you know, the seven people that listen. Seven's better than six. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost eight. It's very close. Yeah, bro. Thanks thanks for this. And uh, Hey, no, thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, you, good. You've been listening to iGos and Airwaves. If you want info about Launchbox, go to igoglobal.org. We have two weeks this year. One in San Antonio, one in Fort Worth. Which one? Are y'all, are y'all in Fort Worth? We're San Antonio. You're San Antonio? No, we'll be San Antonio. Okay, good. Yeah. San Antonio, early March, the next week in Fort Worth. You can see that on our website. We would love to have you join us. Come hang out with us and let's serve some people that need the gospel.